It's Friday, October 1st, and you're listening to episode 16 of Firmly Planted. I'm not a big fitness person. I don't have a gym membership, not into CrossFit. I've never even done a couch to 5K program. But I do like to reach my step goal as often as possible, and I'm not afraid of hard work, like laying a yard full of sod, painting every room in the house, or remodeling a kitchen. So I know a little about building muscles. I know you can't expect to get five miles under your belt the first run out of the gate, or land a full rotating double back flip as a beginner gymnast, or bench press 200 pounds the first time you lift weights. There will be lots of dedicated work and sore muscles leading up to those accomplishments and new goals to reach for when you do arrive. I have struggled more with sin in the last three years than ever before in my life. I know part of it is being in a position I never wanted or imagined, but it has surprised me, after all these years of following Christ, to be so consumed with fighting my thoughts and desires and find myself in need of forgiveness repeatedly, even in the space of a single minute. There have been many days I have been so overwhelmed by the constant nature of the assaults that I have despaired of knowing peace again and wondered whether I have the strength to keep up the fight. I am often so utterly weary and worn. And I am exhausted by the haunting question that if three years is not enough to put these longings into dormancy, how much longer will this particular battle last? What if it stretches on for another decade? And what do I have to show for these years of struggle? I may go days without the intense struggle of hand-to-hand combat, but I know another onslaught is just around the corner. If I'm honest, this particular struggle is not entirely new for me. It's the intensity and duration that's new. Ultimately, what makes this struggle different now is recognizing that I never labeled it as sin in the past, and so I never fought against it as I should have. I have counted the absence of acting on these inclinations as meeting the standard, but God is opening my eyes to the distance between my cravings and his holiness. This round is certainly tougher than any before because there is no legitimate outlet to quench or soothe it. But the exhausting nature of this battle is mostly the result of never having trained my muscles to fight. My self-control is sore, so to speak. I've asked myself, what if I keep exercising and getting stronger, but never actually stop battling my mind on this point? What if a legitimate outlet is never established, and I'm left to grapple with the desire for companionship, the hunger to be known utterly and loved completely, the longing for physical contentment for the rest of my life? Truly, it's overwhelming, and at first glance feels pointless. But truth and feelings are not equivalent. Maybe God will never provide deliverance through the paths I would choose, and maybe I will spend years in grueling strength training but never stand on a podium with a medal. But what if defeating a particular sin and moving on to the next level is not always the goal? What if being shaped into the image of Christ sometimes means withstanding longer this time than last time? or learning how to struggle better the time after that, or setting my mind on things above again, and tomorrow doing it again and again, 
and the next day again and again and again. Maybe weaving a finer net to catch all the subtle ways distraction seeps in, or weeding out music, movies, and media that sow dissatisfaction won't necessarily end the war once and for all, but will build muscle, making my mind quicker to warn and my soul's response more rapid and thorough. Even if the temptations never stop showing up, the longer I work this particular post, the stronger and more alert I become. The self-control I develop and reinforce here will be the foundation from which greater kindness, patience, and gentleness begin to flourish in all circumstances. In short, the more faithfully I turn my strained thoughts to Christ, the more I will look like Him. There is something very attractive to me about the Old Testament practice of sacrificing, bringing one's best to the altar in exchange for atonement or to offer thanksgiving and praise. The physical act seems like it would be grounding, the tangible nature of it searing to the soul and cleansing to the heart. But we know from Scripture the realities of the system did not bear out my idealistic imaginings. Praise be to God, we are no longer bound to it. Yet I have found it beneficial to recognize that I do still have somewhat to offer God. My desires, offered up in submission to His will, are a pleasing aroma to Him. My thoughts, taken captive and turned repeatedly to focus on things above, my will laid down, moment by moment, in a resting trust of His plans and kingdom purposes. The Psalms speak of the sacrifices of praise and broken and contrite hearts. We no longer physically bring lambs or grain, but let us not fail to bring still a continual offering, praise and thanksgiving in peace or trial, repentant hearts, failures and triumphs, and our overwhelming struggles. He has promised to finish the work he began in us. Faith is recognizing that these struggles are his sanctifying tools. Faith is not growing weary while he works.